The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow, and we continue to watch shares of Tesla this morning, up more than 4.5% following that poll on Elon Musk's future. We'll have more details with Kriti Gupta in just a moment. But first, futures are higher. S&P futures up about 10 points or two-tenths of a percent. Dow futures up 56 or two-tenths of a percent. And NASDAQ futures up a third of a percent or 40 points. The DAX in Germany is up four-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 9.30 seconds, yield 3.51%. Yield on the two-year, 4.17%. Comex crude oil is up four tenths percent or thirty three cents at seventy four dollars sixty two cents a barrel. Comex gold up a quarter percent or four dollars sixty cents at eighteen oh four eighty an ounce. The euro one point oh six oh seven against the dollar. British pound one point two one eight five. And the yen at 136.25. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you to 656 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Surveillance is next. First, we take a look at the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. Kriti, we have to start with Tesla while we wait for official word from Elon Musk that he's going to abide by the uh, results of that Twitter poll and step aside and presumably focus more on his other companies. I mean, that seems to be the mentality going into the share action this morning. TSLA is your ticker, up about 4.6%. This, of course, as you mentioned, comes from that poll, which, by the way, 57.5% voted, yes, we do want you to resign. So that is important when it comes uh, to how he's going to act next. It's also important to mention that this dynamic that you've seen in Tesla shares is not a new one. We've seen this with the Twitter saga altogether. Every time Twitter shares uh, rallied when it was public because of this deal, getting closer and closer to getting closed, Tesla shares took a hit. So now the idea of that inverse correlation showing up again, the idea that if he is going to step down from Twitter, maybe Tesla will get more of his attention. That, of course, is his main business. So TSLA shares up about 4.6%. Remember, this comes in the backdrop of the EV maker falling 33% since the Twitter deal closed. So it still has quite a bit of a gap to make up here. Shares trading at about $157 this morning, Nathan. You know, I thought by now the saga would end, and it has not. Oh, no. 
It's going to continue for quite some time, I have to imagine. And there are some other names, uh, some pretty big names moving on uh, some new analyst recommendations as well. Yeah, Wall Street moving the stocks this morning. MRNA is your ticket from Moderna. Shares up about 4.6% here as well. Shares trading around 202 uh, on the New York Stock Exchange. Gains uh, gains about, like I said, 4%. Jeffrey's upgrading the stock to buy from a hold, saying it can rebound in 2023 on a return of pipeline opportunities. Remember, Moderna was really under pressure because of this idea that a lot of these COVID vaccinations, which, by the way, is making up a good chunk of its bottom line, not as much as Pfizer, but still a good chunk, is actually going to uh, lose a lot of this momentum and revenue that's gained over the last two years. But now Jeffrey's saying, look, it's diversifying. It's looking into cancer treatments. It's looking into drug therapies. That is all going to be a positive for the stock. And remember, Moderna isn't alone. You've seen this with a lot of biotech companies. Uh, J&J is a big one. Horizon Therapeutics and Amgen, that deal a couple of days ago. So this is becoming a bigger and bigger theme in biotech that they are actually looking to diversify their portfolio. Um, and speaking of analyst recommendations, let's also look at Netflix here. NFLX is your ticker, up about three-tenths of 1% in the pre-market. Any price target raise over at Morgan Stanley, they're saying on the back of currency swings, it's an interesting take, saying that hmm. even though the broker has flagged risks that expectations of valuations have run too far too fast, those currency swings might actually work in Netflix's favor. Remember, a lot of their new growth is coming from abroad, not from the U.S. So it's the dollar weekends. It's going to work in their favor. Yeah, it was something that I uh, recall Reed Hastings talked a lot about in the last earnings call about uh, potential currency headwinds for Netflix. So a very interesting interesting call there. Thanks for this, Creedy. Good speaking with you. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets Correspondent, Creedy Gupta. Futures moving higher this morning. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. I'm Nathan Hager, along with Karen Moscow. 6.59 on Wall Street. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance starts right now. Live from the financial capital of the world, broadcasting across the globe, this is WBBR New York, Bloomberg 1130. Given the fact that the economy is likely to contract next year, central banks... Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Interactive Brokers Bond Marketplace. Access their vast selection of over 1 million global fixed income securities with no markups or built-in spreads and low transparent commissions. Learn more at ibkr.com slash bonds. And futures are higher this morning. We go to the first word. Breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures with a bid right now. Dow futures up 72 points. S&P's gain 11 and NASDAQ futures rise by 44. The U.S. 10-year yield at 3.52%. Gold is up three. Oil is in the green. And Bitcoin is trading little changed. Japan fell 1% overnight, while European markets are also trading in the green this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, the NAHB Housing Market Index. In deal news, L3 Harris is buying Aerojet Rocketdyne in a $4.7 billion deal. And in other news, Morgan Stanley's Wilson says U.S. profit drop could rival 2008. And a Musk poll shows 58% of voters want him to exit as the head of Twitter, Tesla is up 4.6% in the pre-market. Wrapping things up, Ameriprise was cut to market reform at KBW. Baxter cut to neutral at J.P. Morgan. And Moderna raised a buy over at Jefferies. 
Live from the First Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The House Committee investigating the January 6th assault on the Capitol holds its final public hearing today. January 6th Committee member Adam Schiff says that he thinks there is sufficient evidence to charge former President Trump. Title 42 is set to expire on Wednesday. El Paso, Texas has declared a state of emergency due to an influx of migrants. In the NFL, the Giants beat the Commanders, the Jets and Patriots lost. In the NBA, the Knicks and Nets won, the Celtics and Wizards lost, the Warriors won. In the NHL, the Rangers won. Argentina beat France to win the World Cup. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Karen. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 642 on Wall Street, and let's turn to news now in science and technology with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. India and Vietnam are emerging as Apple's next manufacturing hubs as assembly partners seek to diversify its supply chain that's heavily centered on China. The multi-year effort to add resiliency to the supply chain, which began before COVID-19, may move as much as a third of its capacity to those Asian nations as well as Brazil. The updated COVID-19 booster shots give adults ages 65 and older the greatest level of protection against hospitalization. This is according to new U.S. government data. The CDC says bivalent boosters were 73 percent effective at preventing hospitalizations due to COVID in this group compared with people of the same age who got two or more doses of the original formulation of the vaccine. And L3 Harris Technologies has agreed to buy rocket engine maker Aerojet Rocketdyne in a multi-billion dollar deal. Aerojet Jet makes a range of rockets, including hypersonic engines and electric power systems for customers, including NASA, Boeing, Raytheon, and Lockheed Martin. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen. Thank you. We're coming up to 644 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include the Trump era Title 42 policy that turns away migrants at the border for pandemic reasons expires on Wednesday. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is predicting, quote, Total chaos at the border, if that happens. Whether it's COVID or some other issue, when you have people coming across the globe without knowing at all what their health status is, that almost by definition is a public health risk. There's every reason to keep that in place. But Democratic Senator Alex Padilla of California says it's past time for Title 42 to go away. For all the Republican rhetoric about chaos at the border, open borders, etc., number one, they have yet to come forward with a plan of how to better uh, handle the scenario. Number two, they have not been willing to commit the additional resources that uh, the departments and agencies say that they need. Senator Padilla and Governor Abbott were on ABC this week. Also making news, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin saying he has no intentions to leave the Democratic Party for now. As the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the Inflation Reduction Act. Let's see how that plays out. If people are trying to stop something from doing so much good because of the politics, thinking that somebody else will get credit for it, let's see how that plays out. And I'll let you know later what I decide to do. 
Senator Manchin was a guest on CBS's Face the Nation, which can be heard every Sunday on Bloomberg Radio, along with ABC's This Week. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins for more on what's happening in the nation's capital. Of course, one of the really big stories is happening this afternoon, Emily, when the House January 6th committee meets. But with so much of the focus uh, on the Sunday shows about Title 42 being lifted this coming Wednesday, how is the White House preparing? So the White House knew, obviously, that this was coming for a while. This is something that they wanted to see happen. And we know that they are preparing for more migrants to be arriving at the southern border and to be able to deal with this. Um, Officials said earlier this year that they're preparing for as many as 18,000 arrivals per day, more than current double numbers. Uh, But they are expecting an intake, uh, an intake. increase rather in that. And so one of the things, of course, there's also a lot of debate going on at the time over this policy, over what should be done at the border. Remember, Republicans in Congress say that they do want to investigate Homeland uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and that they are concerned about what's happening at the border. So certainly expect to be hearing much more about him as Republicans take control of the chamber and begin their investigations next year. Yeah, also interesting to hear uh, some of that speculation rise up around uh, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin and his future in the Democratic Party now that uh, Arizona's Kirsten Cinema has already announced that uh, she's becoming an independent. Sure. And this obviously is not the first time that Manchin's been faced with questions on whether or not he'll leave his party. I feel like we, we had the storyline a couple different times uh, in the last two years. But Manchin's still saying that he's going to stick with the Democrats for now. Uh, part of it is going to be, of course, just a matter of numbers. If Democrats lose two, then you're suddenly going to see a chamber where it's going to become very difficult uh, to govern and to get things done. And, and even Senator Sinema has said that she's going to be you know, supporting uh, a lot of things that she supported before as far as Joe Biden's nominees, judges. Uh, some of the things that just sort of helped the Senate run on a day-to-day basis and that we didn't have last year in part because of the 50-50 even split. Um, and we'll see what happens with Manchin. I mean, he does have a very competitive primary coming up in 2024. And certainly a lot of people have pointed out that for Senator Sinma, her political future really behooved her switching to an independent. She was getting challenges from other Democrats. We'll see what happens with Manchin. Uh, it might be as this West Virginia primary shapes up a little bit, maybe he too will feel some pressure to run as an independent or even as a Republican. Uh, but I think for right now, there's a sense uh, that Manchin does have a very high approval rating in West Virginia, regardless of his party. And And that might mean that he's able to successfully run as a Democrat and that he doesn't really feel that need to switch parties. All right. Our last minute here, Emily, let's get to the main event of the day. It sounds like every indication is there going to be criminal referrals coming out of the House January 6th committee this afternoon. I mean, that's what the committee is going to vote on, Nathan. And we've seen the committee being lockstep this entire time. I mean, certainly there there have been no surprises for the nine members of of this committee. Everything has been highly coordinated. Um, I think the general consensus is that they would not be bringing these referrals forward if they were not able to pass them. And certainly I think then the big question becomes, what is the impact is this going to have on Trump's bid for the White House in 2024? We've already seen a number of independents get frustrated with him. That's why Democrats had a far better night than expected this past election. Um, And this criminal referral really means that we're going to continue to see information on Trump, information on him from the Department of Justice. uh, And it'll 
be very interesting to see what, if anything, additionally is found. Of course, we are waiting for this report to come out this week from all of what the January 6th committee has put together, uh, just more details into the interviews they've done, the data that they've gathered. And we'll be seeing what bombshells that report contains. We're expecting that, I believe, this Wednesday uh, to drop. All right, and we'll be watching for Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us from the nation's capital. Read more at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal and listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Of course, we'll have uh, full coverage, extended coverage of the uh, House January 6th committee hearing this afternoon. Updates throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio. Right now, S&P Futures moving higher by eight points, and you're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and global stocks are attempting to recover after two weeks of losses, sparked by concern that continued policy tightening by the Fed and other central banks could trigger economic recession and hit profits. We check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg. S&P futures have 15 points, Dow futures have 97, NASDAQ futures have 52, the DAX in Germany is up six-tenths of a percent, the 10-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds, yield 3.51 percent, yield on the two-year 4.17 percent, NYMEX crude oil up four-tenths percent or 29 cents at $74.58 a barrel. Comex gold up three tenths percent or $5.70 at $18.05.90 an ounce. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you kindly. The House January 6th committee is wrapping up its investigation into the violent U.S. Capitol riot. At a final meeting scheduled for today, the panel is poised to recommend that the Justice Department consider criminal charges against former President Donald Trump. Authorities in Ukraine's capital, Kyiv, say it's being targeted in a new attack and critical infrastructure points have been hit. In the NFL, the Giants beat the Commanders. The Jets and Patriots lost. In the NBA, the Knicks and Nets won. The Celtics and Wizards lost. The Warriors won. In the NHL, the Rangers winners. And Argentina beat France to win the World Cup. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. This is breaking news from Bloomberg. Nathan Hager, and we have been telling you all morning about this poll to decide whether Elon Musk remains in a leadership role at the company he just bought weeks ago. That poll has closed, and we get the results live now with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. What's the result, Steve? Nathan, the tweeters have spoken. And if Musk makes good on his pledge, he will respect the will of the people and step down as Twitter CEO. With more than 17 million votes cast in a poll created by Musk, 57% said they want him out. Now, checking over his feed, let's see if he has commented yet. Up so far, no word from Musk on the outcome of the contest. Since taking over Twitter about seven weeks ago, Musk made a series of bold and sometimes controversial moves. He fired thousands of workers, dissolved an oversight committee, reinstated former President Trump's account, and publicly feuded with Apple. His conduct made some advertisers question whether associating with Twitter's new owner would be bad for business. Musk's Twitter antics also had investors in Tesla worried he's too distracted with his latest venture. Once again, the poll posted by Elon Musk results are in. 
57% of respondents say he should step down as CEO. Breaking news on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Steve Rappaport. Nathan? Okay, Steve, thank you. We bring back uh, Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent Alex Webb for instant analysis and reaction to the results of this poll. I'm sure you're feverishly refreshing uh, your screen of Elon Musk's Twitter feed to see if he gives us uh, any comment. But the last couple of tweets we got from the uh, now current CEO of Twitter, Alex, of course, as the saying goes, be careful what you wish for as you might get it. And those who want power are the ones who least deserve it. Your thoughts now that the people, as they say, have spoken. Well, you know, the thing that both brands and investors don't like is uncertainty. And unfortunately for now, this seems to have created more uncertainty. Uh, some of the tweets of Elon's tweets subsequent to posting the poll said that there is, quote, no one who wants the job who can actually keep Twitter alive. There is no successor. So, um, you know, he, even if he was facing pressure from potential investors, existing investors, not least Tesla investors, to consider stepping down. It doesn't seem like there's an obvious succession plan in place. So we'll have to see how the day pans out, whether he will indeed step down immediately or at all, or as is perhaps most likely in a few months or weeks when someone has been found to come in in his stead. Now, we've also been watching uh, Tesla shares on the news that Elon Musk could step aside. They've been hovering around the 4.7, 4.8% range. It popped as high as 5% at one point. It looks like they're kind of sticking to that range. In our last minute here, Alex, what does that tell you about Twitter in, or I'm sorry, Tesla investor sentiment on Elon Musk's next move? I think they're clearly uh, optimistic about the prospect of spending more time at Tesla, which is not without its own problems at the moment with electric car sales um, slowing. Uh, problems with the manufacturing facility in Shanghai, the factory they're trying to bring online in Austin. All these problems need solving, so the distraction of everything that's going on at Twitter probably has not been helping um, investor confidence in Tesla. We've seen that bump this morning. Obviously, no huge great surprises because you could see the poll happening in real time, and the likelihood of him adding 3 million votes in the last minute and a half seemed pretty slim. Yeah, and the uh, final results with uh, 17 and a half million Twitter users voting on whether Elon Musk should step down as head of Twitter. Fifty seven and a half percent say yes. Forty two and a half percent say no. Elon Musk in that tweet announcing the poll 12 hours ago said he would abide by the results. Of course, we'll continue following to see whether he makes good on that pledge. Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent Alex Webb, thanks for sticking around a little bit extra uh, as we watched that poll draw to a close. We're going to have much more of this morning's top stories, local headlines, and a full check of markets as well. First, let's bring back Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn. High pressure will slowly head our way, keeping the weather quiet through Wednesday. Lots of sunshine today. It's breezy and chilly with temperatures near 40 degrees. Clear skies overnight. Lows will be near 30. Tomorrow, more sunshine, less in the way of wind. Highs are close to 40 tomorrow afternoon. We're clear to partly cloudy and 25 to 30 tomorrow night. Partly to mostly sunny Wednesday, a high of 40. I'm Rob Carolyn with your three-day forecast on Bloomberg 1130. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We're coming up to 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. We're nearly three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. It is brought to you by IBKR. Investment advisors switch to interactive brokers for lowest-cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interests at IBKR.com slash RIA. A first, you begin with more turmoil at Twitter. Elon Musk's future role at the company is now in doubt. Bloomberg Steve Rappaport joins us live with the latest on that story. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Twitter's outspoken owner, surprisingly quiet this morning after a majority of Twitter voters in a poll he created said he needs to step down as CEO of Twitter. Musk pledging to abide by those results, but again, no comment yet. 57% said he needs to go. And this after a series of controversies since he took over the platform seven months, seven weeks ago. And sometimes they say, Tweets can come back to haunt, and this one could be an example. Nine hours ago, Musk tweeted, those who want power are the ones who least deserve it. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Steve, thanks. Turning to politics, the House January 6th committee votes on recommendations today on whether former President Trump should be prosecuted, among them obstructing an official government proceeding and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff says the former president's actions could also match criminal insurrection charges. This is someone who uh, tried to interfere with a joint session, even inciting a mob to attack the Capitol. If that's not criminal, then, then I don't know what is. Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff tells CNN the committee is focused primarily on charges where there is the strongest evidence. Well, turning overseas to China right now, Nathan, the government's response to a COVID outbreak is front and center more than a month after the country saw an exponential surge in COVID cases. It's reporting minimal deaths from the virus, just two today. That's calling into question how Beijing is changing its approach to COVID and whether it's undercounting fatalities. Turning to markets, Karen, futures are higher this morning. Assets are still pricing central bank rhetoric. The S&P 500 ended last week 2% lower after hawkish remarks from the Fed and the European Central Bank. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers says even though markets took a hit, he has confidence in Fed Chair Jay Powell. The broad picture is where it was. I've been gratified to see the ways in which the Fed has caught up, but they've got very challenging judgments to make going forward. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers spoke on Bloomberg's Wall Street Week, heard every weekend on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, turning to oil now, Nathan, we're seeing swings between gains and losses this morning. Crude rose at the week's open following a pledge from China to revive consumption. There's also news of a plan from the Biden administration to begin refilling the nation's strategic reserves. And IMAX crude oil at $74.78 a gallon. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Thanks, Karen. 631 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr for a look at what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The Texas border town of El Paso has declared a state of emergency, fearing an influx of migrants this week when Title 42 will likely end. The Trump-era provision returned all asylum seekers back to Mexico, forcing them to wait there while their asylum requests are processed. Texas Governor Greg Abbott defended the tough approach he's taken to border security, including the busing of more than 14,000 migrants from Texas to so-called sanctuary cities like New York. I removed them to locations that self-identified as sanctuary cities that have the capability and the desire to help out these migrants. And so that's exactly what's taking place. Meanwhile, Democratic Senator Alex Padilla of California pushed back. For all the Republican rhetoric about 
chaos at the border, open borders, etc. Number one, they have yet to come forward with a plan of how to better uh, handle the scenario. Number two, they have not been willing to commit the additional resources that uh, the departments and agencies say that they need to handle this big influx. Senator Badia and Governor Abbott spoke on ABC's This Week, which can be heard Sundays on Bloomberg. We're learning more about the terrifying moments aboard Hawaiian Airlines Flight 35 from Phoenix to Honolulu yesterday. Severe turbulence injured dozens on board. Hawaiian Airlines Chief Operating Officer John Schnook. We do know that there's internal damage to the aircraft, some panels that are, that are bent and buckled um, that will uh, need replacing. And, uh, and the aircraft is undergoing a, a, a thorough inspection that's going to require some maintenance work before we put it back in the air. Hawaiian Airlines' John Snook says the plane was carrying 288 passengers and crew. Sunday was the first night of Hanukkah, and Jewish communities across the U.S. are celebrating by lighting menorahs. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 6.33 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here again is John Stanshaw. Thanks, Nathan. Three weeks to go on the NFL regular season. Giants and Jets both hoping to be wild card playoff teams. The Giants in much better shape. They won at Washington 20-12. to Daniel Jones finally winning in primetime. He'd been 0-9. Saquon Barkley scored a TD. Had some big runs in the fourth quarter. And the defense held the commanders to only one touchdown. Washington thought they had one final seconds, wiped out by an illegal formation penalty, a call disputed by the commanders. If the season ended now, Giants would be the sixth seed in the NFC, and Washington would also get in as the seven. The Jets are on the outside looking in. At MetLife, took their first lead with less than five minutes to go, under two minutes left. Detroit had fourth and one at midfield. Off up under center, Justin Jackson alone back. Goff's going to throw it. Back and looking, throws wide open left side. Brock Wright with it to the 30. Brock Wright 25. Brock Wright 20. Comes back in the 10. To the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Oh my. 51 yards. Lions radio call. The Jets' Greg Zerline missed the game time 58-yard field goal final play. Detroit won 20-17. to The Jets' third straight loss. They dropped to 500. Patriots and Raiders looked headed for overtime until New England started lateraling like teams do when they are trailing. The game was tied. Las Vegas won, running a botched lateral back for touchdown. Knicks, Nets, and Rangers all won on the road. Winning streaks continue. Knicks and Rangers seven straight. The Nets have won their last six. Lionel Messi says he's not done playing for Argentina, who beat France 4-3 in penalty kicks in an epic World Cup final. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. And Bloomberg Sports was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. 635 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk on KNX in Los Angeles. We're talking about the sale of the original animatronic model used to bring E.T. to life in the classic sci-fi movies. I'm Jeff Bellinger, and on WTBN in Columbus, I'm reporting a majority of Americans doubt their personal finances will improve in the new year. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Radio in London. We've been speaking to the head of Germany's IFO Institute about their latest survey, showing a slight improvement in the business climate in Europe's largest economy. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting the hybrid vehicle is sticking around longer than many anticipated. 
And those are some of the stories. Our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 636 on Wall Street. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. What happened when the Bay Area rejected growth? I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. In 1959, the U.S. Commerce Department prepared a report about the future development of the San Francisco Bay Area. It foresaw the area's population quadrupling to 14.4 million by 2020. This was to be accomplished mainly by turning agricultural land into suburban subdivisions, although the report included a map showing that most of the bay could conceivably be converted to land if needed. That map in particular helped inspire a region-wide backlash against growth that was understandable but eventually got out of hand. The Bay Area now has three-quarters of its land area set aside as open space, the country's most expensive housing, and a host of related social and economic problems. It also has a population about half what was envisioned in 1959 and falling. I'm Justin Fox. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion commentaries every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures right now up 12 points. Dow futures up 76. And NASDAQ futures are higher by 47 points. Ten-year Treasury is down 10.30 seconds. The yield 3.51%. Yield on the two-year 4.17%. NYMEX crudes higher by six tenths percent or 43 cents at 74.72 a barrel. COMEX gold is up three tenths percent or $5.60 at 1805.80 an ounce. And the euro right now trading at 1.0609 against the dollar. 638 on Wall Street. Up next on Daybreak, we wait for the January 6th committee's end game and the end of a pandemic era immigration enforcement policy. Bloomberg government's Emily Wilkins joins us next. This is Bloomberg. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, December 19th, 2022. Coming up this hour. A new Twitter poll could reshape leadership of the company. The January 6th committee votes on the legal fate of former President Trump. COVID deaths in China come into focus as it pivots away from strict policies. And markets look to recover from a Fed-induced skid. How will the likely end of Title 42 impact immigrant states and cities? Plus, the largest menorah in New York City was lit to begin Hanukkah. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. The Giants held on for a big win at Washington. The Jets lost to Detroit. The Knicks, Nets, and Rangers all won. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning, and we check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg Radio. S&P futures up 14 points, up a third of a percent. Dow futures up three-tenths percent, or 94 points, and NASDAQ futures up four-tenths percent, or 48 points. And the 10-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds, yield 3.51 percent. The yield on the two-year at 4.17 percent. Nathan. Karen, we'll get more on markets in a minute, but we begin this morning with turmoil at Twitter, even more of it with a new Twitter poll that could determine Elon Musk's future role with the company. 
Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport joins us live with the latest. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Two questions dominate the Twitter sphere this morning. First, will users vote Musk out as CEO? We'll get the answer to that one in less than 20 minutes. More than 17 million users voted, 52% saying Musk must go. If the yeas have it, what happens next? Musk pledged to abide by the results of the poll he created, but an opinion poll is just that, meaning he's not legally required to make good on his word. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks. Well, turning to a major headline in politics this morning, the House January 6th committee votes today on recommendations that former President Trump be prosecuted. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports lawmakers are considering a number of charges. Among them for obstructing an official government proceeding and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Congressman Adam Schiff already saying that Trump's actions are pretty much a good match for criminal insurrection charges. This is someone who uh, tried to interfere with a joint session, even inciting a mob to attack the Capitol. If that's not criminal, then... Then I don't know what it is. Recommendation could also come from Mark Meadows and Rudy Giuliani. Hearing at 1 p.m. Wall Street time. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thank you. Meantime, Senator Kirsten Sinema's defection from the Democratic Party continues to reverberate across Washington. And now it has some asking if Joe Manchin will do the same. The West Virginia senator, though, says he remains committed to the Democratic Party for now. They know how independent I am. The D does not saddle me to everything the Democrats want to do is what's right. I don't think the Democrats have all the answers. I don't think the Republicans are always wrong and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I don't look at things that way. Senator Manchin spoke on Face the Nation from CBS, which you can hear every Sunday on Bloomberg Radio. Well, let's turn overseas now to China, Nathan, where the government's response to a COVID outbreak is front and center. More than a month after the country saw an exponential surge in COVID cases, it's reporting minimal deaths from the virus. And that's calling into question how Beijing is changing its approach to COVID. Bloomberg's John Liu has more on that story. Suspicion is growing that China may be undercounting the number of COVID deaths in the country. That's after authorities reported two fatalities today, the first deaths officially attributed to COVID since the country began pivoting away from COVID zero in early December. It's also amid media reports of increased activity at crematoriums and funeral homes in Beijing. It follows a report by Chinese outlets Haixing that authorities have substantially narrowed the definition of what a COVID death is. All of this is casting further doubt on how reliable China's official data is. In Beijing, I'm Zhang Lu, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, John, thanks. Turning to markets now, futures are moving higher to begin the week. Assets are still adjusting to central bank rhetoric. We saw the S&P 500 end last week 2% lower after hawkish remarks from the Fed and the European Central Bank. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers tells us even though markets took a hit, he has confidence in Fed Chair Jay Powell. The chairman is in about the right place. He's recognizing that we can't forecast the economy with precision. He's recognizing that it would be a terrible error if we were to fail to stop inflation in this episode. Larry Summers says the Fed should still be concerned with challenging decisions on the horizon. The former Treasury Secretary was a guest on Bloomberg's Wall Street Week, which you can hear every weekend on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, Nathan, rhetoric from the Fed also reverberated across Asia overnight. Stocks in the region slid as tight policy stoked fears of a global recession. At Bloomberg Daybreak, Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more. 
Asian stocks declined as the Fed hammered home its committed to raising interest rates. The yen extended gains for a second day. The yield on Japan's five-year note rose to the highest in seven years. A Kyoto report said Japan's prime minister might allow more flexibility in monetary policy. A top government spokesman denied the report. The dollar was weaker. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Brian, thanks. Back here in the U.S., there's more economic data to digest and housing data takes center stage. Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice has a preview. We'll get data on U.S. builder confidence today. Housing starts tomorrow, existing home sales Wednesday, and new home sales Friday. The builder confidence data provide a perfect illustration of U.S. market conditions. Sentiment has been falling since the start of the year. The longest stretch of declines in data back to 1985 as interest rates rise. Also on this week's U.S. agenda, data on consumer confidence, income and spending, manufacturing, and the final revision of third quarter GDP data. Vinita Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thanks. Well, turning to oil now, we're seeing swings between gains and losses this morning. Crude rose at the week's open following a pledge from China to revive consumption. There's also news of a plan from the Biden administration to begin refilling the nation's strategic reserves. And checking prices right now, NYMEX crude oil is up half percent or 37 cents at $74.66 a barrel. Brent is at $79.59. Straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. It's 6.07 on Wall Street, 31 degrees in New York. Bit brisk today. It'll be mostly sunny but breezy with a high only near 40 degrees. We'll get back down to the 30s tonight. Michael Barr is here with more on what you need to know in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The Texas border town of El Paso has declared a state of emergency, fearing an influx of migrants this week when a court order forces the Biden administration to lift Title 42. The Trump-era provision returned all asylum seekers back to Mexico, forcing them to wait there while their asylum requests are processed. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says there will be total chaos if Title 42 is lifted. Governor Abbott accused President Biden of having open border policies that malicious actors are taking advantage of. It is known uh, by the cartels who have sophisticated information whether or not the Biden administration is going to enforce the immigration laws or not is known across the world, but most importantly, known among the cartels. Meanwhile, Democratic Senator Alex Padilla of California pushed back against what he called Republican rhetoric. We're in a much different place when it comes to COVID today than we were two, almost three years ago. So it's past time for Title 42 to be gone. Senator Padilla and Governor Abbott spoke on ABC's This Week, which can be heard Sundays on Bloomberg. Border state leaders aren't the only lawmakers sounding the alarm about the expiration of Title 42. In New York City, more buses transporting asylum seekers are expected to arrive today. Mayor Adams is asking for a new round of federal and state help. Dozens of people were injured after a flight headed for Hawaii hit severe turbulence. Flight 35 from Phoenix to Honolulu was 30 minutes outside of its destination when the incident happened. The plane was carrying 288 passengers and crew. Sunday was the first night of Hanukkah. The Jewish communities across the U.S. are celebrating. In Washington, D.C., the lighting of the world's largest menorah began. The first of eight candles was lit on the ellipse just across from the White House. Attorney General Merrick Garland last night was the principal government speaker. We must stand up 
against the disturbing rise in anti-Semitism. In Brooklyn, thousands attended one of the city's largest menorahs to mark the season. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Okay, Nathan, the Giants game in Washington was so big it was moved into primetime. Giants had lost their last 11 night games and they came in winless in their last four while the Commanders had only lost once in their last eight. They're the only team to have beaten the Eagles, but the Giants took the lead thanks to a rookie. It's the snap back to throw. He's under pressure. Sacked by Thibodeau. The ball's loose. On the ground. Scooped up in the end zone for a touchdown. Kayvon Thibodeau with the sack, the force fumble, and then the touchdown. He completes the trifecta. And WFEN Thibodeau all over the field all night. And the Giants won 20-12. to Held on at the end. The commanders thought they had a touchdown to get to within two, but it was nullified by a penalty. And the Giants now in much better shape to make the playoffs. The Jets are not. Costly 20-17 to home loss to red-hot Detroit. Zach Wilson back as the starting QB for the injured Mike White. And Wilson played... Fairly well, but the Lions won it on a late 51-yard pass play on a fourth and one, and Detroit's won six of seven. Two of those wins have come at MetLife. Knicks, Nets, Rangers all won on the road, could continue their winning streak, seven straight for the Knicks. And Indiana finished on an 11-2 run, beat the Pacers 109-106. Jalen Brunson scored 30, and Detroit Kevin Durant scored 43. He had 26 in the third quarter. The Nets won 124-121. And Brooklyn has won its last six, seven straight for the Rangers, 7-1 at Chicago, seven different Ranger goal scores. The World Cup final build as Lionel Messi versus Kylian Mbappe together. Together, they put seven balls into the net, five on penalty kicks. Messi and Argentina beat France 4-3. to three. Some are calling it the most exciting soccer game ever. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off. In the Audi model you've always wanted, visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com. For more information, S&P futures are higher by 14 points. Dow futures up 96. NASDAQ futures on the rise by 49 points. Ten-year treasuries down 10.30 seconds. The yield 3.51% yield on the two-year, just shy of 4.18%. Tesla moving higher by 4.7% on the possibility of Elon Musk stepping away as CEO of Twitter. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Let's get back to our top story this morning. We're just a few minutes away from learning the results of a poll that could determine whether, if not Elon Musk steps aside as CEO of Twitter, what the users of the uh, social media platform think he should do. Let's bring in Alex Webb uh, for more on this, who's been following the uh, Twitter Musk saga really from the get-go, our Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent. Uh, before we get to what sparked this poll, Alex, I mean, what an incredible run of weeks of turbulence for Mo- Twitter and Elon Musk since the buyout. It certainly made our job's a little bit hard because the moment mm. we start, step in and try to write something, make a video, report anything out, it all changes. Uh, it, you know, even just in the past 24 hours, we've seen seismic changes in the direction of travel. And, of course, the impact of that is that the brands who essentially pay the bills at Twitter because they're who advertise on there, 
they've pulled back a lot of their advertising and that's created cash flow issues that we don't quite know the scale of it. We know he has to find 1.2 billion uh, a year to repay the debt obligations. You then look at the kind of other operating expenses that um, Twitter has, at, you know, the kind of uh, operating expenses of three and a half billion a year. How easy is it to cover those? It's clearly getting, one imagines, more difficult. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of this story, isn't it? Just the fact that uh, all the changes that Elon Musk has made since he took over really rubbed so many advertisers the wrong way. And now uh, we got this report just this last week that uh, Elon Musk was looking for more private investors to come in at the uh, 54.20 share price that he bought the company for. How much behind the scenes pressure is there potentially for Elon Musk to uh, follow through if the results of this poll come down uh, with a majority in the yes side uh, that he actually goes ahead and does this and steps aside as CEO? So look, we haven't seen any reporting yet on what the behind-the-scenes pressure might look like, but we can look at the things that we do know, namely that um, you know, last week Tesla had its uh, worst week in two years. Um, it lost 16% last week alone over the course of five days trading. Um, the stock is now up on the prospect of Elon Musk stepping down at Twitter. We also know that he was out looking for um, additional investment in Twitter itself. It's not hard to imagine that, you know, maybe in some of those conversations, people might be saying, well, maybe we'll, we'll invest, but not necessarily with you as CEO. That's purely speculation. But, you know, if you look at the, the timeline of events, it, it's not hard to imagine that something like that might have been feasible. What has this whole episode done for Elon Musk's position as CEO of his other companies? I mean, you look at Tesla shares right now, they're popping in the pre-market on the idea that uh, Elon Musk could step aside as CEO of Twitter and presumably uh, focus more attention on Tesla. But has this whole episode sort of shaken confidence among Tesla investors on whether he should continue in leadership of that company? It's kind of hard to tell because, you know, ultimately, is Tesla trading down because people are seeing a side of Elon they didn't know? Or is Tesla trading down because they're not getting as much Elon as they would like? Right? It's quite hard to tell what the, what the truth is there. Ultimately, you know, Tesla's been trading in excess of 30 times, in excess of 30 times its forward earnings. The, the broader market trades at about 22 times forward earnings. Car makers tend to trend at I tend to trade significantly below 10 times forward earnings. So, you know, there's perhaps a little bit of correction bringing it back into the into the realms of, of the broader automotive industry, although it's still a long way. It's trading a significant premium still to all of that. Um, the idea that he might be stepping down from Twitter has clearly benefited Tesla stock in the pre-market, as you say, which suggests perhaps that people want more Elon. They don't want less. The Tesla investors are invested in him just as much as they are in that company. Got about a minute left here before we uh, uh, find out uh, just exactly what the results of this poll are. Uh, if Musk does step down as the CEO of Twitter, Alex, who fills the gap? I mean, it, either half of the workforce has been fired or has decided to leave the company after all that Elon Musk has done. I mean, that is the, the sort of $44 billion question, isn't it? Jack Dorsey is the former CEO who had stepped down in order to concentrate on on Block, as it's now called, his, his payments company, is um, perceived to be very close to Elon. Um, whether he would want to work for him, different matter entirely. There are plenty of capable people out there. Um, whether, you know, the question is capable people who want to work essentially for Elon Musk under these circumstances. 
All right. Well, we do, as I say, expect the results of this poll to uh, come down in just a couple of minutes here around 620 Wall Street time. It was around that time uh, yesterday that Elon Musk posted this poll on Twitter asking whether he should stay or go as CEO of Twitter. So, Alex, hope you'll uh, stay with us for the next couple of minutes here as we uh, find out exactly what the people say who use Twitter and took part in this poll and whether Elon Musk should step aside as CEO. Ahead of that, S&P futures are up 13 points, Dow futures up 88, NASDAQ futures up 49 points, Tesla shares higher by 4.6%. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.